and welcome back to another episode of Lost of Down. We are your hosts. I am Steve. He is Wally. He is David. Before I talk to the boys to see how they're doing tonight, we want you to know this episode is brought to you by Tabbies.com, the premier Delta 8 edible on the market, T-A-B-E-A-S-E.com. Make sure you use promo code FOOTBALL for 20% off that order, as well as free shipping. Super Bowl, just a couple days away. Wally, it is good to have you back, brother. I see you're wearing the Kelly Green-ish shirt right now. You know, it's amazing that you picked up on this because none of this is an accident. And I, first of all, let's start here. I desperately appreciate you guys. You guys know that. You guys have known I've been fighting my my little mental demons this year. So having you guys be here to help me out was awesome. It was a tough start to the week, but we're feeling great. And it's a large part to you guys. I couldn't be happy to be here. But then there's two other things, guys. One, Steven, you noticed to the people at home just listening. Yeah, we got Kelly Green. We got the gray. Also, it's a Pittsburgh guy that hates Philadelphia. It's ironic. But then football's on the brain on two cents of the word today, boys. We got underwear with the game plan scripted out X's and O's. It's everything. Green socks. There's leprechauns. I'm going all in. This is fly eagles fly. It's go birds. Chiefs are done, and I can't wait. I like. We're, I'm so excited to talk about it, guys. Remember it's when 20... we said we weren't going to give picks until the very end? I just said I'm rooting for them. <laughs> I didn't say I'm picking them. Yeah. Who whoa, knows? Whoa. Money ain't what? Scared money ain't uh, making money or something like. That? I can't. Scared remember. money ain't make no money. If twenty, if twenty twenty first season of the podcast wally could see himself now and how, how far you've came i mean the maturity on your end you went from oh never giving any credit to philly even when they were good to shit you gotta love them now yeah i i basically walked down the street and spit at people's feet i slapped significant people in my life in the face yeah you know i just i i value human beings much left so I, i'm embracing my inner philadelphia you guys got to be careful. Oh, God. David, how are you? And I think you do have a question for us, too. So it's, it's going to be a two-parter from you. But how the hell are you, kid? Same old, same old. I'm excited for the week. But, all right, let's 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 just dive into the question because it's a good one. Boys, what NFL player never won a Super Bowl that you wish had or that you think will never win one but you want to? Ooh, first of all, great question. I love this being the game before because I feel like every year last year was Andrew Whitworth. There's always a story about who hasn't won a ring that deserves one. And in this game, I mean, who's the only person you could think of possibly in Dominic and Sue? And he's not exactly the most lovable guy. So it's a good thinker here to start. As far as non-Raiders go, and I mentioned that deliberately because Randy Moss being one of the guys, he's not a Raider. He never was. He hates the nation. The nation hates him back. Randy Moss, though, he deserved it. 07 would have been the greatest football season of all time. And the helmet catch, David Tyree taking it away. But, yeah, you know, some of the normal names, too. Tony Gonzalez, Barry Sanders. And I had to add in that wonderful trio in San Diego between LT, Philip Rivers, and Antonio Gates. Amazing that those three never even were in a Super Bowl. That's a hell of a three. God, there's there's just so many. There's like a lot of personal. Uh, Randy, I think I think I can speak for all of us. I feel like we all wanted to kind of throw Randy in there. Uh, Tony Gonzalez, absolutely. Philip was in there. Philip, especially because growing up in Cary, North Carolina, about 15 minutes outside of North Carolina State, Philip was that guy growing up. 
And following that was Russell Wilson. He already has one. And I don't really think I'd be cheering for him to have one at this point of his career if he was still searching for it. But he's already got his. Also close to the heart, Donovan McNabb, Syracuse boy. Would have loved to have seen him get one. So I know Marvin Harrison ended up getting one, so I can check that box. Current players, sorry, Wally, uh, my man Devontae Adams. Would have loved to have seen him get a championship. We don't know. Maybe next offseason he gets traded to a team. Uh, you know, maybe this offseason – something miraculous happens and there's a lot of upgrades in Oakland. You never know. We've seen those teams make those jumps, just a hell, a hellacious division that they're going to be in there for a while. I feel like I'm missing one. So David, take it away and I'll circle back if I, if I need to. You scream like Steve Smith to me, by the way. Oh my God. Smitty. I knew it. I, I just Smitty. had a feeling That's that Carolina boy. <laughs> Carolina blue kicks pedal to the metal. There are only two that I'm passionate about, and one is Dan Marino for obvious reasons. But I also think that if you swapped him in Montana, he still would be considered a better quarterback all time than Tom Brady. Hot take, but just saying. Swap those teams and rosters and see what happens. The other one is Joe Thomas, and and Joe Thomas obviously that's a home that's 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 a homer take, but also like Joe Thomas is just the most lovable human being I've ever watched play the game of football the guy instead of going to the draft when he knew he was going to be a top 10 pick went fishing with his dad and he held that mentality throughout his entire career never complained never had anything negative to say on the worst Browns teams of all time and he he remained the best left tackle in football for the entire duration of his career on bad teams and, and teams that gave him no support. Like you could leave Joe Thomas on an island with the best edge rusher in the game. And it, it you were confident knowing that he was okay out there. So I I wish Joe Thomas had gotten a Super Bowl. In fact, when Denver, when Peyton Manning was in Denver and there were talks that Joe Thomas was going to get traded there, I was rooting for it. Not because like I I didn't want him on the team, but because like that was his only chance of ever having like a playoff win or any kind of semblance of success. But uh, you know, it didn't happen. He retired to Brown. I'm I'm thankful for that. But he's one that I I really do truly wish got to see the the biggest stage. He reminds me a lot too, and we'll we'll get into it because we are going to talk to Hall of Fame, and who knows by the time this is done tonight, we might know the five modern day finalists who are in Joe Thomas should and will be a first ballot Hall of Famer, mark it down. But he's a guy that reminded me of Darrell Rivas, another guy that will be first ballot tonight. When you had guys like Chad Ochocinco go against him, that was where you noticed the Hall of Fame difference because Ochocinco was a very good wide receiver. You go against that elite corner, what happens? You all but disappear. It's the same thing when you talk about that high-profile edge rusher going against Joe Thomas. When Joe Thomas was in his prime, it was Anthony Munoz-like. It was, we're talking best lineman ever territory. And I understand why the Browns fans are in love with the guy so much. He embraced the city like no one else could. It's that Midwest charm. Wisconsin boys got to love him. And to your point, the fishing with his old man on draft day, and you can see him in the distance as he's getting drafted. It's one of the coolest draft experiences that I can remember. So that's an awesome one. But guys, let's jump then with that into the Hall of Fame. We're going to go out of order here tonight. They are releasing the five modern day. That's what we're going to talk about. Modern, the five modern players that will be 
the next class of the Hall of Fame. I'm going to give you the, the, the finalists here. There's about 15 of them, so bear with me. And I want your guys' take. David, we'll throw it immediately back to you because you led us into this with Joe Thomas. But here's the list. Darrell Rivas, Joe Thomas, Devin Hester, Tori Holt, Reggie Wayne, Andre Johnson, Dwight Franey, Jared Allen, Patrick Willis, Demarcus Ware, Zach Thomas, Darren Woodson, Rondé Barber, Albert Lewis, and Willie Anderson. That's a tough one. Talk about a loaded class, David. There are probably 10 out of the 15 that really should be in the Hall of Fame without debate. But if you're talking about just this year, for me, it there is only one answer, and it's Darrell Rivas, Joe Thomas, Dwight Freeney, DeMarcus Ware, and Zach Thomas. And Zach Thomas, there's a chance that he won't make it in, but I I encourage everyone to just go to to take a, a blast, you know, uh, go take a take a trip down memory lane, a blast from the past. Go look at highlights from Zach Thomas. Go watch some of those Dolphins games. That man was a freak. He was like Teddy Bruschi level elite. He was unbelievable. And he's going to get overshadowed. He's not going to get in. I'm confident he's not going to get in. It's probably going to be one of the other guys. But I he should get in. And and it's it's this class is the hardest one for him to get in. But I mean, it's he deserves it. I don't think there's any debate with Revis, Joe Thomas, and Dwight Freeney. Those three are, if not some, like Dwight Freeney is probably top 10 at the position ever. He invented his own move that works so well, nobody could stop it. Not even the best tackles in the game. But Joe Thomas, Darrell Revis, both of them, you can make arguments the best ever at the position. DeMarcus Ware, statistically, and, you know, I test tells you he's unbeatable, but another guy who's probably top 10 at the position, but, you know, hard for me to say he's not a, a guy that's going to get in this year. I don't see anyone on the list that's better than him. I think Hester should be in, but I know he's not going to get in. So I leave him off my list. That's, that's the reason why I wouldn't put him as a guy that I think is going to get in or should get in. Well, okay. So Steven, let's do this in a different way with the three of us. David brought out Darrell Revis right away. Can the three of us all agree, without a doubt, he should be one of the five here? Yes. Okay, I'm with you. As well Joe as Thomas, Joe Thomas. 100%. We are all locked in. We have those two completely locked into the board. Then David gave us Dwight Freeney. You have DeMarcus Ware in this class as well. I'm interested and Jared Allen. No Jared disrespect Allen. to Jared Allen whatsoever. I think it's a, it's Jared a Allen was an all-time favorite for me. So it's yeah, not yeah. disrespect. It's I just think the other two are better. No, and that's perfect. And they've fair. been and they've been in the and they've been in the spot to get in here longer. And that's kind of and that's kind of my thought process with these wide receivers because I was going to pick Tory Holt. I think I would argue I'd really have to think I'm, I'm more of a Reggie Wayne guy. I think I saw more than Reggie Wayne than I would Tory Holt. But it's like Tory Holt, I feel like isn't this going to be like his third or fourth one and this dude just can't get in? They are so criminal to wide receivers in certain skill positions. In the Hall of Fame, it's more of like, all right, let's just finally get this guy in, check him off. We know we're going to – we know he deserves to be in. Isn't Isaac Bruce already in? Exactly. So, you know, he's that other tandem. It's only a matter of time, and I think that this can be it. 
Here's my argument with Devin Hester. My argument is that it's not that he's not a Hall of Fame special teams. That's always such a double-edged sword to make the argument because it's mostly because it's of his returns for touchdowns where he set the NFL record. But we just saw Cordero Patterson do it this past year. So it's almost like tainted where it's not as fresh and the energy's not as high going into it. It's like, hey, man, he set a record that no one – shit, Cordell Patterson literally just did it in like week nine. So never mind. Let's backtrack that. So it's kind of hard with him. Um, yeah, give me Darrell, Joe Thomas. I'll throw Demarcus Ware in there too. I think I'm with David on that. Talk about a guy. Thankfully, he went to to Denver to get that Super Bowl ring because he was never going to sniff one if he never left Dallas. Um, what is that four for me? Give me Darrell, Joe. Give me Tory. Give me Demarcus Ware. Dude, this class is so good. I it's, know but it's unfair. Really, they should they should do more than five just for this class, in my opinion. But well, it's all it's all process of elimination. This is Andre Johnson's first one, right? He's not going to get in. No, wide receivers don't get first ballot unless they're Tim generous. Brown didn't even get in on a first ballot. Right. The guy is was a for sure first ballot. It's right. They're yeah. insane right. with wide receivers. And same thing with Reggie Wayne. This is his second, third, I think. Tory just has the has the seniority of hey, get me the hell in this in this group. Same thing, pick your poison. Dwight Freeney, DeMarcus Ware, or Jared Allen. You can't have all three. Jared Allen, first one in, bud. Sorry, you're going to get it next year. Zach Thomas is another – this is like his second or third one too, I believe, right, I David? Third. I think it's Yeah, so that's where it's going to get tricky because I was thinking Zach Thomas as well. And I was – I watched the Boys of Baltimore last night with Kylie, and I was like, Kylie, like <laughs> – she goes, who is that? And I go, that's Ray Lewis. Never asked that in public just only in, <laughs> only in the privacy of her own home. And I was like, when I was, you know, when you're young and up and coming and like Ray Lewis was my guy. Like I loved him. Remember having the Madden. Wasn't he on it on like the early like, 2000s one? Yeah. 05. That was one well, of the best he, Maddens ever made too. And it's a shame because oh, yeah. it wasn't even the best football game that year. Mm-hmm. The T-O-2-K. Amen. Best game ever. Oh, Fuck you, fuck Master Flex. I was whooping that ass all day. And if you guys played, you know what I'm talking about. But um, shit, now I'm sidetracked. But Zach Thomas is in that conversation as well. Like he is, he's that forgotten guy with in the middle linebacker position because it was like ride the wave on Ray Lewis. And then when people looked the other way, it happened to be like the early coming on of like Patrick Willis almost. It's like, hey, you forgot like this few year gap of a guy called Zach Thomas dominating everything. Oh, also Brian Urlacher was kind of ruining that too. But well, I can, you can make an argument that the early 2000s was the best era of linebacker football ever. Brian like, Urlacher? Ruthless. Yeah, Urlacher, Ray Lewis, Bruschi, Zach Thomas. Like, you, every team had no a – No Romanowski? A, I mean, there's a right. million of them. Yeah, like, they, I mean, that was an elite group of linebackers in, like, the early 2000s, late 90s uh, well, football. You guys know, because I piss off you guys and I piss off everybody that listens because I think there's two spectrums to Hall of Fame people. You either want everybody in or you want to basically make it so a bunch of people that are deserving aren't in. And I lean more towards that side just to keep it special. But this class, it's insane because there are guys like Zach Thomas who I'm so upset I missed on Monday because when I was editing and listening back when you guys were talking, AJ Green – it reminded me of Zach Thomas, where he is a guy that is that fringe Hall of Fame guy, one of the best tacklers ever, a leader of men. He was small. People forget how undersized he was, and he overcame all of it. But at the same point, was he ever a top 
two top three times, oh, like linebacker in the same year. I mean, Erlacher, Ray Lewis, Patrick Willis, there's always a guy or two ahead of him. And it's not necessarily fair. It's just the reality of the situation. And it's part of the reason why receivers have such a difficult time to get in. You brought up Torrey Holt, which I guess I wasn't even fairly evaluating what he did on the field either until you look at his stats. And it just goes to show how hard it's going to be for anybody to get in at this position. He had one, two, three, four, five, six, six, seven, eight straight 1,000-yard seasons, and six of them were over 1,300 yards. It, he was a part of the greatest show on turf. There's so many guys deserving. And he was and the third option. Torrey Holt. Holt was a, a amazing wide receiver that, again, is a guy that's going to get forgotten about over time, but was like unbelievable at the position. Well, and Steven just said it. Third option in a running in a running first league and uh, not a running first team, but in the in the era there, like that was wild. They, they were like the Warriors and Steph Curry. Like, what the hell are these guys doing? Just dropping bombs from sixty yards out, whatever it may be. So that's why I mean, I'm sure Ricky Pro put up numbers in that offense. Hell, it was. I mean, you got to see. I can't even remember. Guys, help me. After Kurt Warner, who was it? There was another guy that's it's spacing on me right now where he was the quarterback there, where he was another guy that came out of nowhere, but the weapons were so It wasn't good. Mark Bolger, was it? It was Mark Bolger. Thank okay. you so I, much. I, I was happy I to I thought that there was maybe a year or two, like, before him. But, yeah, I'm, early Mark Bolger, people were freaking out, and then he just kind of fizzled out. I couldn't tell if it was just me or if I was, like, drinking water that's been close enough to East Palestine down the road here. So I was just worried that I was falling apart. But I, I just – okay, my five. My five, and this is hard for me to. Revis and Thomas agreed. Lost. I'm putting Devin Hester in because to me, he's the best difference maker, special teamer that's a non kicker in NFL history. What he did, and then that moment too. You know how sometimes a moment can get somebody into the Hall of Fame? The fact that Peyton Manning's first ever Super Bowl win, what's the most memorable play of the entire game? It's Devin Hester opening, on the losing team. Off. Returning the opening kick, because what happened that entire week or two leading up? It was the talk. The Colts can't kick to him. The, the Bears aren't nearly good enough to win this game. The only way that they can lose is if there's like a defensive score, because that Bears defense was legit, that special team scores, and Devin Hester, of course. So all that led up, they kick it to him, and he returns it. It was, it was improbable, but it also felt like the most expected thing of all time. And that's what a Hall of Famer is. When you can perform, when everybody knows who you are, what you're about, they didn't take that kickoff off. He just beat them. So that's hard for me to move past. And that, Just so ugh. we're clear, that kickoff return for a touchdown in that Super Bowl started a chain reaction of like seven consecutive opening kickoff return for a touchdown team loses. It was like the next one was like Ted Ginn in Ohio State in the BCS National Championship. Which one was first? Do you remember? Because that was what well, that no, was. I think the Ted Ginn one was the 07, and then that was were 06. Yeah, that That's was the 06 season, but like February 07, and yep. then following wow, good season call. Was Ted Ginn and in, in, against Florida broke that, his ankle like, celebrating, yeah, which was just <laughs> I felt like it was the curse of the opening kickoff return because I kid you not. I swear to God, it doesn't matter like whether we're talking NFL or college for the next like five years. Everyone saw an opening kickoff return for a touchdown. They're like, ah, oh, that team's going to lose. Like it was just like set in stone after those two. 
Well, and not to I, go down a rabbit hole, I just have to say it because we brought up an Ohio State thing. I have that always killed me too because I knew we the, the Buckeyes weren't going to beat Florida in that game. No one on earth is saying that, but it just sucked because Ted Ginn was the offense and he was able to take the top off of defense. And Troy Smith was able to hit Anthony Gonzalez underneath. And as soon as Ginn was dead, the offense, we all saw, I think Florida outscored him 41 to seven. And the Buckeyes had like a hundred some odd yards of offense. It was, it was a, honestly, it was the beginning of the end of Jim Trestle, but I, okay. I digress. I digress. Got me on Ohio state. I'll shut up. But, last couple picks. Last couple picks. I swear guys, I, I'm going to get there, but you brought up Zach Thomas. And this is where the stats part of the hall of fame is tricky for me. Cause Patrick Willis in his prime was one of the best linebackers in the history of football. It was unbelievable what he was able to do, but he retired early. He did the Calvin Johnson, the Barry Sanders approach where I think he still has to get in because of what his peak was. But do you put him ahead of the guy like Zach Thomas, who played probably another eight seasons, who was the backbone of a very good Miami defense for a long time? Uh, that That's always tricky, but I went with Willis and then, I don't know, maybe it's the 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 closet Bengal Homer in me, but Willie Anderson, it's just hard because you'd be putting him in with another tackle and Joe Thomas. But he well, was enough to happen. I you're probably right. You're I don't probably think right. A double position. In this one, you could pick one from each position group and you'd be fine. The only double position is maybe the end. True. Because there's there's three star studded ones right there staring at you in the face. And I'd even be fine with like wide receivers getting doubled up from time to time with how deep it is. It's just yeah, this right. is such a crazy class. It's like not even a chance. I just Willie Anderson deserves in, but it's not gonna be this class. It's not, it's gotta be a class where there's like two clear first ballots, and then you're debating the next three spots, and that will be the class he gets in. It's not gonna be this one. I'd be shocked if it's this one at least. Well, one thing that'll help too, Bengals fans out there, is oh my god, my uh Ken Riley, who the late safety who is fantastic with them is likely to get in on the veteran ballot, which I imagine Bengal fans will be losing their mind over considering the fact they'd only be their second hall of famer in what 50 years. It's just, it's crazy to think a team like that has one guy in right now. And they arguably have two right now on their roster. True. And you know, who could have two hall of famers on their roster, whoever has Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, perhaps. Perhaps the but if he stays, then it's just retreat, one and one. Well, you know, hey, if the darkness retreat that we're hearing about, Stephen, is true, could he extend it into the black hole, into the Death Star in Vegas? What What were your thoughts when you heard on the Pat McAfee show that the guy's locking himself in a closet for four days, basically? That's the first thing I thought of. It's just when you when Aaron has been speaking these past three off seasons, you have to pay attention to what he says right? Not how he says it. You have to really dissect. And this one, he's just kind of hiding in plain daylight, right? It's like, dude, he's going to the darkness retreat, four hours, no food. I can leave whenever I want. It's like, dude, he's going over to, he's like, I tweeted it. He's literally going over to the dark side. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. And it gets to a point, it's like, dude, if you need to go this, it's not my place to call it weird or whatever however description you want it but if you need to go to this extreme it's extreme when you know from someone who hasn't smoked ayahuasca 
I think that this is rather extreme. Uh, just to find out if you want to play the game of football for $60 million and arguably the most historic franchise in Green Bay, and I get it. They've kind of been bending you over the barrel the last few years, kind of like you've been returning the favor uh, the last couple of years, but th- the time hasn't matched, right? We screwed you for 12. You screwed us for three. So it's bad. He, he's gone. If you need to go through something like this to figure out if A, you want to play football or B, if you want to return back home, like, oh my God, it's aggravating. I've kept it. I think, and you can speak to it, I guess. The last couple off seasons, I think I've put, I've kept myself together pretty well. I'm like, no, you've done better fine. than anybody could have ever expected. And I know David's a diehard Aaron Rodgers fan too. So he's going to only have positive things to say here as well. Exactly. But it's just getting to this point, dude. Like he's, he's at the pro-ams like, Oh, I'm not going to San Fran. Oh, someone's making Raider jokes. That's funny. Oh, here's me. Here's some other shit to like plant a seed and see what it grows into. Grow the fuck up, dude. You're almost 40. Like you are a 40 year old man doing this shit. Like it's, it's hard. Of course, I'm going to sit here and be that asshole. It's like, well, it's my asshole. He's my quarterback. I can do it. But I know when he goes to Oakland, excuse me, when he goes to Vegas, I'm going to fucking hate this dude. I'm going to hate him with such a passion and I'm going to fucking root for him because I'm, there's going to be some sort of Packer homer in me that wants to see him succeed. But at the same time, I want to see him fail in just like the best way possible. And I've, and I've said this to you over text and we've texted about it. And no offense, Wally, I would love for him to go to Vegas. Unless they colossally revamp their defense and all three of the starting quarterbacks die in a plane crash in that division, they are not going to be sniffing the Super Bowl. They're, it, it's possible. I don't want to be that asshole. Don't, I don't want to make you feel like I'm attacking you, Wally. But if he's going to go somewhere and be miserable, I'm okay with that. No, I, I get it. And, David, before you go, I just have to point out, for the people probably keeping score at home, it's probably the first plane crash reference Stevens had in about three or four months. So – that's good, Stephen. We're we're making baby steps. Uh, wait, is that one I drop often? It wasn't Marshall, but yeah, I've I've heard it a couple times on here. Yeah, he can get Marshall if if he goes through with this. He can get he can have it tomorrow. I I'm so tired of Aaron Rodgers. He just like if he disappeared. Hey, that's tomorrow, my quarterback. If he disappeared tomorrow, would anyone miss him? He, he alienated his own family, like his girlfriend, like. <laughs> Wow, this is getting so dark on air. Would anyone miss him? I he's just, going on I, I a real question. Like, I, would anyone miss him? I, you know, he's not going to be rem- if he's not going to be revered like Kobe if he died in a helicopter crash tomorrow. He's just, you know, fucking send him to the moon. I'm so tired of Aaron Rodgers. Well, all imagine having to go up to bat for him every time your friends are like, "What's your asshole quarterback doing?" I'm like, "I love him. He's doing some great, great work. Not the amazing charity work Russell Wilson's doing, but he's still doing some great work." <laughs> that was good. I, I saw what you did there. We'll get into that here in a bit. But when I first saw this, when I first saw this, all I could think of is Andy Dufresne and Shawshank in the hole for four days. Because he even had it, like you mentioned, that they get food slid through like a hole in the wall or something like that. It's 96 hours where you're sitting by yourself in darkness. I started thinking about it trying to just practically imagine if i did it myself i don't think i could physically do it that can't be healthy there's I don't no think way i could there, there's no and i don't know i'm talking out of my ass like as you guys have picked up on at this point but the, 
there can't be this heavily positive outcome from sitting in a dark room for 96 hours straight. Well, he was describing it as you would hallucinate without even having drugs in your system, which at the end of the day, half of the time, that's I think scary. that's just the goal for Aaron Rodgers is how can I hallucinate more? Like, what, what can, how I, can I, I pass drug tests, but yeah. took my dick off still. Yeah. So he was describing it as like DMT like effects in this. First of all, if you're hallucinating in a closet by yourself in complete darkness, to your point, Stephen, that doesn't sound fun. I, no. I don't. That sounds like hell. I when I don't. When you're under the process of choosing that. his next crazy ass girlfriend and what personality he's going to take on is is just what we've gotten to. Minus one fifty. It is going to be. Oh my god. I'm blanking on her name. Amber Heard. That is who. Ooh, that feels oh, like a possibility. Oh that's man, a, that's an all timer. Well, that's it. Okay, that's how when we end the show, I'm gonna ask again. You guys have an hour. I want your guess who his next celebrity girlfriend because who knows he might date some girl that is probably covered in some leaves in like yeah some local forest. palm reader. Yeah. So the next celebrity Aaron Rodgers dates. That is how we're ending the show. You guys have that answer for me. You at home also think about that. But let's go right now into you hear the sirens. 911 rapid fire chase young not a sure thing to be tagged according to ron rivera it'd be 17 million dollars no he's not been on the field a lot but that doesn't seem like a smart move for washington well we know he had the torn acl last year it seems like they were kind of being a little slow and not really having a sense of urgency getting him back on the field this year even though they were kind of sniffing the playoffs don't tell ron Rivera that he lost a, a playoff game here by the way this is stupid on their end. Out of the five linemen they drafted in consecutive years in the first round on the defensive side of the ball, this is the one you're going to want to keep. I don't know what they're thinking. Like the surgery has to be have gone really poorly if they're thinking about this, David. Right? I don't. I don't think they're actually thinking about it. I think this is a play to tell his agent and his camp that like we're not going to tag you because we're going to give you a contract. I, I like, Interesting. I really, I think it's a, I think it's a totally separate play. It's not what you usually see. It's just a, it's a, we're not even thinking about tagging you because we're, we're going to sign you to an extension is my guess. Well, isn't this only his third year in? Yeah, but I... this is how they do it where you have to tag them going into the fourth year for the fifth. Like Josh Jacobs, for instance, had a monster fourth year but he wasn't good enough in the first three. So naturally the Raiders were like, oh man, we'll, we'll see you later. And naturally he's getting voted the best running back in football now. So yip, yip, hooray. Officiating better than ever. Roger Goodell's quote, that is. We obviously know that there's been a lot of bad calls this year, but we expect Roger to say this. He's defending the shield. What did you guys make of the comments? I think it's a stupid comment. It's, it's not defending the shield. You're, we we have gotten too one-sided as a society. Like you you make you make a statement and you you hold to it forever because like you just can't you can't criticize anything at all. Uh, you know what have you? But why can't he just say you know what? It's been better than ever, but there's a lot of improvements to be made. Why can't why can't we just call it what it is? Which is truly it probably is the best it's ever been. But that doesn't mean we're close to what it could be. 
And I just don't understand why we can't like address the the elephant in the room, which is, you know, games have been ruined by bad officiating. And it's not just this year, it's the last five years. It's it's constant. So why can't we say it's better than ever, but we still got a long way to go before it we're we're in a great position. Right on cue, Robert Goodell. You are blind, don't know how to read a room. And you know what? You're going to get a public reaction like you currently are. Here's just here's just three idiots that are pissed off about it. Can't imagine what the rest of dumb America is, is sounding off about. And then you're going to backtrack and probably do something about it. No, he's right on cue. Are the com- comments stupid? Absolutely. Just like every other comment he makes during a, a big question like this, if it's officiating a player's you know behavior on or off the field, it's Goodell. He is nailing it. Cannot wait for this to blow back. And then we're going to have some real talks after the Super Bowl between now and before the official league year starts. I guarantee you this is going to get circled back. I mean, if this is the elephant in the room is officiating, what a poorly time. Like you could have used this as an opportunity to actually say, hey, you know what? Our refs are better than ever. The game is getting faster, though. So how about that sky judge? How about that expedited review? Doesn't that seem nice? Don't we like that? It could have been turned into, we are looking at alternatives to make refereeing even easier, something that can be done at a higher level. Instead, we took the approach of saying, everything's fine. My ostrich's head is in the fucking sand. You know what? If I was making 45 million a year, everything probably would be fine. So, oh, If I'm Roger Goodell, who cares? I'm just a talking head. If the owners like me, then that's all I need. Yeah, if my basement's looking like that, then why the hell not? Sat in that chair, no big deal, though. Russell also, Wilson. here, here's a question. Um, yes, everything that you listed off is great. Let's stop having 65-year-old fucking white dudes running around with 25-year-old athletes. Let's get some younger guys in there. The game is faster. We're not, Let's not get slower on the officiating side. Oh, kind of like it. I, I understand. like that. I, I understand there needs to be a process and they really have to do their due diligence and the professionalism of bringing these guys in. But, and I can't think of the, of the NBA player right now, but I know that uh, there's a picture of him refing a like AAU game, working his way up within the NBA refing system to get in there. If you have former players like that, which is going to be unique. Speak of Joe Thomas. I feel like a guy like that would be, the perfect person. He's unbiased. He's always calm, cool, and collected. Players like that. You bring former in, you're going to already have the respect of, of the current players, right? And I just think it'd be a whole lot easier. Promote within, get get younger, more cameras, like everyone's bitching about at the LeBron game when he broke the NBA record. Fuck LeBron, but kudos to you, man. That's an awesome record. It's just I mean, it's not, Here's the problem, is it's not 1970, so the unions have so much rights that you're going to have to talk to the referee association and then have them talk to the player association, have them merge. And then that's going to take collective bargaining. Nothing's easy. It's 2023. It's that simple. It wasn't, it wasn't easy when they almost missed the season in what 2010. So I can't imagine now. Oh my God. Replacement roughs. Don't need more fail Marys. Do we Steven? Who was a part of that? Russell Wilson was. And the guy who has 319 bathrooms in his house, we like to keep track of this year. We found out today his charity activity explains a little bit of the bathrooms. Less than 30% of the money going to that charity actually was sent to the charity. 
David, you're a lot like me. We're cynical and we're more cynics in the world. Can you tell us why this isn't as crazy as it appeared? Look, when you're talking about charities with with millions and millions and millions of dollars and like even ones like the United Way and, and shit like that, the, the more millions you're talking about, the more administration there is in there and you have to pay those people. So you can be nonprofit, you can do all these things, but all, all of the events you put on to fundraise have to be paid for. All of the administration people have to be paid for. I, anyone who, who runs the organization, I'm, again, this is only when we're talking about the millions and millions of dollars of foundations. Now, lower than 30% is, is way too low. That's bad. But like when you're talking about a charity, if you told me 50% of most charities actually end up to the cause, that doesn't shock me. Like it just doesn't. If you understand how much it costs to put on fundraising events, to pay people to run your organization, like you can be nonprofit and be a charity, but it costs a lot of money once you get to a certain level of of monetary value right if you're getting million dollar donations you are not sending more than 75 percent of of your donations to the cause that you're fundraising for it's just the way it is like i think of like that scene in dumb and dumber when they go to that when they go to like the owl fundraiser i mean just look around with all that shit they got food they got waitresses that's not including all the back and stuff like you said like the admins the administrators that you're paying everyone who's running it there's a lot of money that goes into it now i am i am not the smart guy here that's why we have david that kind of led the charge on this one here wally to kind of back him up because i was like i was sitting there in the text and i was like yeah what an asshole oh yeah that is pretty normal for charities to such as david said um but yeah i mean this this isn't a surprise and if you actually sit back and think about it it makes sense to wally's point the 30 percent, not a good look but it's also i wouldn't go as far as a brett Favre situation we know what this guy's doing in the hospitals what he's doing have i seen the pictures in denver of him in the hospitals absolutely not that's sketchy hey be careful talking about brett farber we're gonna get sued for slander oh that's true shout out to shout out to the dynasty uh the dynasty fantasy manager mr alex shooting this off to me he goes hey you should talk about this in the pod i go i'm already talking about one packers quarterback my mental health cannot stand that <laughs> oh god i well first of all fuck brett Favre because as we said when it first came out weeks ago it's gonna get swept under the rug like every brett Favre scandal ever in the history of brett Favre, every scandal gets just fucking tidied up under the rug and i'll never understand it i will never like he has done some atrocious shit atrocious shit and i like everyone's just like oh yeah fuck it you know next week's news if you, know you win nice. it deletes it if you oh. win that's all that matters that's why the, brett Favre is the poster child for you did something bad just win you blew oh you're addicted it, to pain pills just win. no steven you blew it and i'm gonna tell you why oh no fuck no yeah where are you from steven like where are you from North Carolina. Carolina. You should have an accent. Carolina. There you go. My, that even means more point. I'm from Carolina. Not North or South. You're from Carolina. That is, you should have the Southern accent because you see it with Brett Favre. For whatever reason, you have that slow Southern draw. People just assume you're this innocent, like simple-minded person that has like no intelligence to do this stuff. So for Throw whatever reason, in 
Yeah, like oh, you, we oh, ignore. No, 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 ma'am. I never meant to do so. I uh, I simply meant to send that uh, picture of my penis to my exactly. wife. Exactly. I not did not director. sleep with that woman. <laughs> I mean, there's a million examples. It's just I, for whatever reason, he comes off as very likable to people. So the fact that he stole millions, like eight figures, it's hilarious that it's like going to be kind of a afterthought on his legacy, so to speak. But that's all I got. And I think that wraps us up with 911 rapid fire. Let's Steven, you know get what that means. in. Let's get it in to them Super Bowl picks. Before we get it in, we want to let you know that these Super Bowl picks and the props, little precursor, brought to you by Abby Turner Creative, your one-stop shop marketing agency specializing in branding, high-end photography, fashion, and more, especially if you're our age where it feels like there's an activity going on every weekend, if it's a college graduation, baby pictures, high school graduation, weddings, funeral. No, we don't do those. Abby Turner Creative is the only way to go. Check it out for yourself at abbyturnerphoto.com. That's Abby, A-B-B-E-Y. Or on our Instagram, at saw down in Sapphire. Again, abbyturnerphoto.com. Wally. The last week for our picks. Walk us through, brother. Well, it's this simple. Steven is going to be the winner this year. I don't physically understand how it physically like, couldn't happen at this point. He's going to finish the year 204, 161, and up in the neighborhood of 15 units. Where David and I, we got to come back next year. We're, it's all about building through the draft, David. We're going to get there. We just have to, you know, probably fire ourselves, the GMs, play callers, pick callers, everything. Unless, I was thinking about this the other night, unless you big ball it and you <laughs> put every <laughs> every unit down, you put on your pick. But then you, then you could just do like every week, I'm putting 100 units on this. And if you lose, all right, next week, 200 units. That is opening that's Pandora's lose, box. That's how you lose listeners. No, it's just a one... No, this is your fourth and one to win the Super Bowl. You go all units in. And it's all systems go. And, Steven, where would you like to start with this game? For the record, people at home, the Eagles, technically the home team in Arizona, one-and-a-half point favorite, total of 50-and-a-half. There's so many different matchups that you didn't realize how, how entertaining that these can be. Speaking about leading the charge, David's been leading the charge on the battle of the trenches. The one that we've wanted to see, we checked the box against San Francisco. Now we have it against Kansas City. Let's let's start with kind of the battle of the trenches, a little bit of the, the Eagles pass offense against the Kansas City pass defense. We all know what Philadelphia is able to do in the run game, but what's kind of focused on here? A team that was ninth in yards per game offensively, 25th in touchdowns, excuse me, 25 touchdowns, good for 13th in the league. But this is a unit that surprisingly has given up 44 sacks. And Wally's been talking about it all year, how the Eagles have led the league in sacks this year. Kansas City second with 55. But here's something really fun. They can get out to the quarterback, but they have given up the most receiving touchdowns in the NFL this year with 33 and about middle of the pack in yards per game. What side of the matchup are you guys favoring on this one? All right, Steven. I'll tell you who I like, and it's going to be Philly in the trenches on that offensive side of the ball and a couple reasons why. Yeah, they gave up 44 sacks. That's a lot. 
But what that stat fails to show you is that Jalen Hurts is a guy that likes to extend plays. He likes to hold on to the ball. He likes to scramble when he can. And what that does is it does allow more sacks against. I I think it's funny to mention, too, if they've given up 44 sacks, Jordan Maialata has given up the most sacks this year on Philadelphia at six. So that should tell you how many of these sacks are being attributed to these players on the offensive line. Most of them are actually on Jalen Hurts. So I do like Philadelphia. And here, the, the what it comes down to in this matchup, it's Chris Jones, Frank Clark versus that offensive line. And Chris Jones is going to be dealing with the best interior offensive line in football. You have Landon Nickerson, who we all know I've been flooding over since his Alabama days. Then you go Isaac Ciamalo. I really hope I drilled that. Eagles fans don't hate me if not. And then here's the kicker. You have Jason Kelsey. Between those three, they have given up two sacks this year. Two. And none of them were on Jason Kelsey. So it's just, I don't even know how excited I can tell you. This is, to me, one of the matchups of the game, David. Where do you see it going? The Eagles are going to dominate the trenches. It's just, it's what's going to happen. They're too good. And and frankly, it's their their path to win. Like for the Eagles, their pass rush has to stay dominant, uh, which it will. I, I have no doubt that it will. They're one of the best D-lines ever statistically. They need to stay red hot against the Chiefs. The trenches are how the Eagles are going to win this game. And, and offensively, run game needs to get it going early running back by committee approach needs to remain in place, needs to remain successful attacking with different looks, different speeds, different levels. It's, it's, it's daunting because what the chiefs did to the Bengals was surprising kind of because the secondary showed up to cover well against elite receivers. And I just don't, I don't think that it's going to happen, but it's the way that the chiefs, have to win the game, right? So it's it's obvious to say that for the Chiefs' path to success, Mahomes and Kelsey have to be perfect, right? That's easy. That's that's for sure. But they also need to have the defense do what they did last, well, two weeks ago for for the second game in a row, which is, you know, they have to not only be fantastic in the pass rush, they need to have a secondary that doesn't just cover well, but tackle well. You can't let Philly run all over you or you're going to lose. So I just, the trenches are going to be great, but it's not going to be as great as it was for the 49ers matchup. And, and for me, that's, it's, it's what's going to win the game for, for Philadelphia. Steven, flipping it back to you real quick, speaking on the, this kind of like matchup in the trenches, we forget a lot because we keep talking about the Philadelphia pass for our 70 sacks. KC 55, like to your point earlier, second most in football, that's an elite number a number that would lead the league in some years. What I I wanted to go to though is Chris Jones because he's a guy I feel like is so hidden and kind of undercover in the NFL right now as a sneaky superstar because he's a defensive tackle. And unlike Dexter Lawrence, he doesn't always get some of the sexy stats that he probably should. And it's because no defensive tackle was doubled more this year in all of football, but he has the highest win rate out of every defensive tackle in football. So I, I guess let's move on to Stephen to 
the the Eagles, I guess, skill position versus that secondary linebacker court of the Kansas City Chiefs here. Does Jalen Hurts is he able to do enough to exploit Kansas City, who frankly haven't been good defensively until the playoffs this year? Yeah. Before we hop in, like Chris Jones, I think he hit it. And what sucks is it's because of Aaron Donald that's really happening. He's consistently going to be number two to AD. And that's why he kind of has been sticking out a little bit more this year with AD going in, going down late in the season. Now with that, I absolutely think Philadelphia's pass offense can exploit Kansas City's pass defense because if anything, the rush defense of Kansas City's where that unit relies on, which this is surprising. They actually, by yardage at least, have a better rush defense than the Philadelphia Eagles. They're slightly better. I think they're both middle of the pack, but that's going to be an interesting matchup. But to your point, David, the reason it's not like the battle of the trenches isn't as sexy is because Kansas City isn't as loaded. And for Kansas City to win the game in the quote-unquote battle of the trenches, I put the quotes because guys like George Karloftis or a Frank Clark are going to be the guys that are technically linebackers that are going to need to win battles on the against the tackles, Godspeed against Lane Johnson, and whoever else you guys have to play on there. But I absolutely believe that Jalen Hurts is going to be able to exploit them. But, yeah, I mean, like I said, 33 touchdowns given up here. I know that Ward ended up passing concussion protocol, but there's just too many options for this Philadelphia offense. Yeah, you have AJ. But look at what they've been doing, and AJ Brown hasn't done shit this year in the in the postseason. Excuse me. He hasn't done anything in the postseason. And look at the points and look at the production that they're able to get on. If it's through the – I don't even call it a running back committee. It's like a running back troop. It's like the, a bunch of, like, six-year-olds banging on my door. Yeah, dude, it's it's scary. It looks like uh, looks like Brad Pitt and Glorious Bastards. They got like seven of those dudes running the damn ball. It's ridiculous. Just scalping motherfuckers left and right. Well, Kenneth, Kenneth Gainwell, he's a guy that I want to say only had 50 or 60 touches in the regular season, or at least on the ground. And he is – I don't get it, dude. He is They're so explosive. The it's awesome. This is what good teams do. This is what good coaching staffs do. When you have the hot hand, you feed them. And Kenneth Gainwell is. Miles Sanders, it's not like a knock to him. I want to say that he's averaging like four and a half yards of carry in the postseason. But Kenneth Gainwell is averaging over six. So keep feeding the hot hand. Yeah, and – and to really kind of nail your nail the answer of your question, I just think Philly has too many options for Kansas City to keep on them on the secondary side of the ball. AJ Devontae Smith, who finally got Dallas Goddard here a little bit healthier. You can you can get Kenneth Gainwell out of the backfield as well. You have those plethora of running backs. And don't forget the most dangerous weapon on the field outside of Pat Mahomes, Jalen Hurts. And we might and that might be a different story heading into Saturday, depending what that MVP combo is going to be looking like at the awards did somebody mention yet i sorry i had to take a leak in case people at home have it didn't notice legerious need he cleared concussion protocol i said i said tradarius ward or whatever so i'm an idiot sneed is who i meant but yes. oh cool so no i i'm glad i came back with that yeah so uh, he went to san fran from kansas city last year i'm an idiot yeah he had a great year for the record too so don't even feel bad about that but i mean the chiefs defense has stepped up in the postseason. They were, like, borderline bad in the regular season. They gave uh, Joe Burrow fits. They gave Trevor Lawrence fits. And I guess now you, you got to give 
to flip it here and give credit to Kansas City, David. Patrick Mahomes, he is likely to be the league MVP. So this is not exactly like the Chiefs are going in without a, a puncher's chance. The only problem is, fun fact for you guys, 1999, the last time a league MVP won the Super Bowl, you imagine it's Mahomes, 99.9% chance. Do you think Patrick Mahomes can rewrite history? He's the guy to do it. He's he's already, Has he not already done it in this first five years as a starter? I mean, has anyone ever been to five consecutive AFC championship games to start off their career? All five of them at home? I mean, that's ridiculous. Three Super Bowls the first five years? Who did that? I don't even – did Tom Brady? No, I think because he Tom went Brady the missed year. the playoffs in 2002. That's right. Bada boom. Um, I really can't think of anyone – I think Big Ben went to two of his first three or two of his first four, something like that. Yeah. He'd be the one that would break this record. And I'm so this, I love those stats, but I hate them. Cause when you hear them, you're like, Oh, so this is the time they're going to do it. And you never want to, cause I am the king of that. I ride the wave. Boom. Right. When it's done. I'm like, Oh shit. I went, Nope. I should have went on like seven games ago. This was too late. Oh, Zeke Elliott scored a nine straight. Cool. Let's make it 10. What do you mean he didn't score? He scored a nine straight. If there's anyone who's going to beat the Eagles, it's Pat Mahomes, but I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, number one pass offense in the league this year. Number one in touchdowns, 41, right? You threw the most receiving touchdowns and you gave up the most receiving touchdowns. Hell of a year in that building in Kansas City. But the fun thing is another matchup of the trenches. This is the one that you didn't see coming is the Kansas City O-line against the Philadelphia D. We know we've, we've already said how many sacks they've given up. Kansas City gave up like only 26 sacks this year. And then a, a unit that constantly gets badgered about how well they haven't really been playing ever since that Super Bowl against the Buccaneers, they quietly have kind of gotten it together here. And yeah, Pat Mahomes has a lot of weapons, but who has more weapons, I guess? Because if you look at Philadelphia here. Philly. First in yard, <laughs> first in yards per game allowed in the passing offense. Twenty-two touchdowns given up, and the seventy sacks that we've been mentioning this whole time. It's yeah, who has more weapons? It's going to be the secondary of Philadelphia or Kansas City. And Wally, I think I don't want to speak for David. You're definitely speaking for me, though. I agree. I, well, yeah, I, I mean, the Eagles' defense, without spitting too much just numbers at you here. We talk about how efficient and great Patrick Mahomes in the offense has been for Kansas City, but the pass defense for Philadelphia has been unbelievable this year. The addition of James Bradbury, which is going to be in New York Giant lore, I guess not lore, the infamy is the word I'm probably looking for, as being one of the worst cuts ever. I get it was for the salary cap, still brutal. Apparently he's interested in making a reunion after this year because he's a free agent. Well, yeah, because he's looking to have a little – uh little action here on his left uh, ring finger. But, I mean, the pass defense, third in pass rating against it. I keep bringing up each week the play they have against the tight ends. The Eagles have been great against tight ends this year. What do they have? They have the, I want to say, second or third best rating against tight ends and fifth against tight ends, excuse me, with 80.6 rating against. So, you were imagine that Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is going to be tasked with taking him on. In the way he's played this year, 
you can probably get away with that a lot of the time, whether you have to throw over Epps or someone else over the top and help out from time to time. I don't think that's a problem given that Kansas city doesn't have the weapons at wide receiver. I mean, what Nicole Hardman, I think is out. Marquez Valdez Scantling's not a hundred percent. You have Juju. We don't know if he's going to play yet. I, the only thing I can give credit and I'll stop rambling after this is yeah, the offensive line is better than people think, but it's because of the left side from center over the right side's not great. And you're going to see guys like Hassan Reddick lined up over Andrew Wiley, a lot of this game. And that is a nightmare matchup because Creed Humphrey is probably the only center in football right now that could compete with Jason Kelsey at the top of the, the league. But beyond that, the right side, I mean, you're looking at Trey Smith and Andrew Wiley. That makes me nervous if I'm Casey. So let's run around real quick. Let's give our picks. David, we'll start with you. Is it fly Eagles fly or are you going with Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs? Philly at one and a half point favorites, money line and over 50 and a half. I am, I'm right. Fly Eagles fly. Well, 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 what's, what's the over? Like, can you tell me what is like making you fall in love with the over? Cause I need someone I'm leaning under, but I don't have the balls to bet the total. You're going to bet against Pat Mahomes scoring points. I want to bet with the Eagles keeping the ball did for you, 35 Did you minutes. hear everything Wally just rambled off? Hell yeah. It's, he talked me into Look, the under. I was I'm, on the fence. I get, I get the possession battle, but, like, we're talking Pat Mahomes scoring points. I I think the Chiefs score 24 points, and if the Philadelphia Eagles are going to win, are they hitting 25 exactly? No. It's probably 28, 30 points. Like, I, I'm taking the over. Okay, well, here's the my question, though, going on that is that the Chiefs and Buccaneers a few years ago had a similar dynamic, I felt like, going in, in the sense that the Bucs' pass rush and defense as a whole was great, and we saw Patrick Mahomes. I think the number was 498 scramble yards because it was something that Steven and I talked about for like a month after the Super Bowl and how it was impossible to recreate what Patrick Mahomes gives you. But if Andrew Wiley and Trey Smith struggle – with this pass rush, I mean, that score was 31 to 9. Patrick Mose did they didn't go in the end zone against that team. And I think this Bucks or this Bucks, this Eagles defense is better than that Bucks defense. Hear me out. Levante David shutting down Travis Kelsey 1v1 all game long is the difference between that Bucks team and this Eagles team. While the Eagles have solid linebackers. They're not going to get somebody who's going to cover Travis Kelsey 1v1 and lock him down. But you know, I might not need to cover him 1v1. You don't have Tyree Kill on the other side anymore. We've been making that argument all year for the Chiefs, and the Chiefs have still been unbelievable. I'm sorry. That's the difference for me is Levante David literally made us think that linebackers were important for one game, and they still aren't. But, like, that was the difference between that defense and this one. And you also have to look at Kansas City's Super Bowl win. Who won the MVP that year? Exactly. <laughs> Damian Williams. Dude's not even on the wow. roster anymore. I literally you know, was like, wait, huh? These, these games are the ones that those players, James White, against Atlanta. Oh, right? you, were, these, you were speaking my prop language we're going to get into, too. The, oh, baby, I cannot wait to get in. <laughs> but the, these types of 
these types of no-name players are ones that kind of keep your eyes on for this. I know Isaiah Pacheco has been kind of getting a lot of love, at least on what I've been following. It's like sprinkle on his MVP to win it because look at what Damian Williams did. And he had so many hype, he had so much hype and Clyde Edwards Hilaire is now kind of backs. Maybe that's going to take the attention off of him. And if he's going to need a big game, that type of player, or if, if Kansas City is going to win, that type of player needs to have a big game. If Travis Kelsey is going to have his game, but if Travis Kelsey has a big game, Pat Mahomes is going to get the MVP. I just think that's just how it goes. But if you get Isaiah Pacheco going against that Philly run defense that should be way better than what we're expecting, that's why I don't think that, that, that they're better than that Bucks defense because that rush defense in Tampa Bay in 2020 was stupid good. But I digress. I would sprinkle a little bit on there. God, can we just – what's while I'm, while I'm here, Philly money line. Ooh. I hate it. I hate yeah, I was going to say, give us your pick here. Um, it's, I want to take the under, you know what? Fuck it. I'm, I'm up. I got mine to blow. <laughs> I can just kind of live like that. I'm going to go with the under 50 and a half with all three Super Bowls that Kansas City has been to, right? All under 50 and a half, all under the mark and whatever the total is set at, they've hit the under, which again, it seems like one of those broadcaster curses, not calling myself one, but 1999 was the last time an MVP won the Super Bowl. We'll see. Yeah. Kansas City's never scored, never hit their total in any of the Super Bowls they've been in. Let's see. Give me Philly. Give me the under. Because if Philly's going to win, I think that the under is going to be is going to be needed here because of what that defense can do. And can this is the only defense that can actually suffocate him like that Tampa Bay did in 2020. All right. I'll bite. Philly minus one and a half in money line. It's what we've been predicting since July. We are all in. We're pushing the Kelly Green chips to the middle. The last two times, this is going to make me sad, but talking about past Super Bowls and games that remind me of this, this game reminds me so much of the Raiders and Buccaneers going into 2002. This is the top passing offense, the top passing defense. The two times that's happened in the modern era, the Raiders got their teeth kicked in by Tampa Bay. And we saw Peyton Manning get shellacked in New York City against the Seattle Seahawks. I think you're going to get something very similar to this. And going back, okay, so the Chiefs, what they're going to need, you're going to need Travis Kelsey to get going, obviously, but you're going to also need the running backs on the ground and through the air to Steven's point. And that is your Achilles heel in quotes because it's average. It's not like they're even bad at that. But this is where the defense is so crazy. Two guys we haven't even brought up yet is Kazir White and Nicobe De- or Nicobe Dean, who was drafted because he was a freak athlete. This could be the game that you see those two special athletes at linebacker take a little bit of the pressure off of Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and Travis Kelsey. If you really key on him, you're going to make Marquez Valdez-Scantling beat you? You're going to make Isaiah Pacheco beat you? That's fine by me. So with that being said, I'm going fly, Eagles fly. And I think it's going to be a little less competitive than people think. The clean sweep has, yeah, and I wish that's, write this down, Wally. Next year, we need to keep a record of when we all get a clean sweep, how that Way actually ahead works. of you. Okay, good. Uh, so we'll see how that, I feel like we've hit it on a couple times, but this one's hard. And honestly, I'm I'm so bad at taking my own picks. 
I wish I was really up 15 units in real life because I always change my mind by Sunday and do something else because the spreads have changed by that point. But if the MVP, if we find out who the MVP winner is and ends up being Jalen Hurts, my vote might switch here. But who cares about that? Let's get into the actual reason, the best prop weekend of the NFL, arguably evolved sports. We got the props lock and drop. I got multiple props. I don't know about you guys. I'm ready to dive in here. Let's hit it first. Coin flip. David, do you have a coin flip on there or is it just me and Wally? Just you and Wally. Okay, Wally. Well, I don't know why, because tails never fails, David. I agree, but like I, I, those don't, it doesn't speak to me. I get it, but here's the thing. It's free money because it's going to be tails. Heads has won too many times in a row. We're due. Here's this too. Tails hits 52% of the time. I love that you're actually giving us stats on a 50-50 coin. (laughs) Let me tell you about how this specific coin is flipped. Listen, it's all about numbers in here. That's why you bet. Tails has hit 52% of the Super Bowls. Tails also three separate times have had a streak of four consecutive Super Bowls that has hit. The heads have had has had one such streak of five. And it's been back-to-back heads. This is so ridiculous. I can't even. <laughs> tails, baby. Tails. Uh, all right. Well, Tail I'm my with tails. You. I'm with you because tails never fails. I'm trying to decide which one of these prop bets that I'm actually bet on versus what I'm thinking about okay. betting on is worth speaking about. That's what I was going to say. Let's do bets where prop bets we're actually going to do and then ones that we want to sprinkle on. I don't know. Maybe a spicy one. I bet the MVP will be a defensive lineman. I love that. At love plus twenty five. At plus twenty five hundred, because if I think if, if if Reddick plays like he did last week, I don't know how he isn't the MVP of the game, or like if any one of the other unbelievable freakazoids on that Philly D line plays that way, I I feel like that's a possible MVP discussion. So I put. I put $5 on a plus 2,500 for defensive lineman wins MVP. I love that. And I think that if you want to almost combine what David and I are thinking here, because David's is the one you sprinkle at plus 2,500, you sprinkle that. What I love in this is for a non quarterback to be MVP because everybody is talking up. These are the top two MVP candidates in the league this year. But what people are failing to realize is that Philadelphia has arguably the best defense in football, and you're going to have a Patrick Mahomes under pressure a lot. And, you know, Jalen Hurts, there's times where he throws for 100 yards and the the team really leans on the running back. So that's only plus 260. So if you put five bucks on David, you throw 15 on mine, all of a sudden Hassan Reddick or one of these defensive ends win, you're rolling in it. Steven, got another one for us? Over two and a half players to have a pass attempt on the game at plus 154. I know you've been liking this one. Oh, I love it. And to even sprinkle on it, over, over two and a half players to have a passing touchdown in this game. That one's at plus 1,300. I'd sprinkle a little bit on this. I love the over two and a half players to have a pass attempt at plus 154. How often do you guys hear me complain about random trick plays that Offensive coordinators like to run in the first quarter of meaningless games. You know that there's going to be some sort of tricky element to this. It's going to be on the Kansas City side of the ball because of 
the way that that Philly defense is, they're going to have to come up with something crazy. You know what Andy Reid does. They're going to have like these really quirky plays. This one, I feel like this one is so easy. And since the Philly special, everyone's like, oh, I got to whip this out now. All right, here's another one. So any Eagles player other than Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and Darius Slay interception, which means James Bradbury's on the table. That bet's plus 800. I threw 10 bucks on that. Ooh, I like that too. Well, what, what I just said too on the, let's say the Chiefs are down by 14 points in the fourth quarter and they have to throw a lot. You're going to have the Kazir Whites, the Nicobe Deans on Travis Kelsey. You're going to imagine Mahomes is going to try to go after them. That's a really fun, not to mention with how athletic that defensive line is. We've seen TJ Watt make the crazy plays. I'm not putting it past guys like Hassan Reddick either. I love that, David. My next one for you hurts to have the first touchdown in this game. So I'm naturally very high on the Philadelphia basically unit as a whole on defense. And I think that it's going to be very hard and you're going to have few and far between off or opportunities to score touchdowns for Kansas city. So I think the touchdown's going to be Philadelphia as a score and who else, when you're down inside the five, do you trust in an RPO setting? Then the runner up for the MVP that's plus 900. That feels like really good value for a guy that loves to trust his legs as much as his arm. I've, over on the national anthem, I don't really want to spend too much time on this. What country? Who do we? Uh, who do we find out it was the Chris other Stapleton. day, David? Chris yeah, Stapleton. country singer. I'm taking this out of David's book. Country swinger, singer, nice and slow. I want to make sure I get all the American. Well, let's hold my, up. Maybe he could here. swing. He could swing. We don't know. He doesn't swing. That's all I'm saying. It's 2023, That's Stephen. That shit's hot. Um, this is, I have not shot up about this in my group chats with my friends. Don't know why this is a line, how this is a line. Boston Scott over eight and a half rushing yards. Over eight and a half rushing yards. I know Wally was kind of talking about it earlier. This offense likes to go with the hot hand. The hot hand is not Miles Sanders right now. Because let me combine this too. Maybe this is my opinion, not what I'm going to do. Maybe look at the Miles Sanders under. Out of the last four out of the last six games, he's had 11 carries. One of those, he had 12. And I think there's a 21 and a 17. But then if you go look at Boston Scott, this dude only needs three attempts to ever hit this. He's hit it in one, he's hit it in two. I see them not hit it in two. But he consistently has been getting more reps, him and Kenneth Gainwell, which might be a little bit tricky. But Boston Scott's been having the hot hand in these playoffs. I know because he's been screwing me on the touchdowns that I had against uh, San Francisco. So I needed Dallas Goddard and they kept giving the damn ball off in the running game. Boston Scott That's over eight and a half pick. rushing yards. Uh, yeah. I think you just said it, but this postseason they've been using him quite a bit. I know they trust a hot hand. We've been saying that a lot on this podcast, but and I think he's not going to get a lot of 31. Like it's not like not... they're close either. And the thing, the thing you'll sweat most about is his carries. But yep. if you look at it outside, if he hits three carries, he hits it. He's hit it with two, but he, minimum three carries, he's never not hit it when he's had that amount of touches. God, yeah, you even go back to the late stages of the regular season. He's throwing 954 and one. He's throwing another uh, – oh, that's the Saints, so I'm not going to find him on that. Uh, he had two for six at the last time, and that was against New, New Orleans, and that was one of their losses. 
So if but he's if not he, running the ball, who knows? Maybe if he's, he's not running that end. As long as he gets three rush attempts, he's going to hit it. Interesting. It's Good all pick. about getting to that point. I actually like that a lot. David, do you have uh, any other player props for us? I have a couple. To Please be go. Like, I was going to say, I, I got, got a little, YouTube I got a little hot with prop bets to, uh, this afternoon. So welcome. I made a bet on exact touchdowns thrown between Hertz and Mahomes. It's Jalen Hertz and Pat Mahomes combined for exactly five passing touchdowns. And that's at plus 500. Ooh. And I kind of like that because I kind of like Hertz at two, Mahomes at three, and Philly finds a way to score two others on the ground, something like that. So five felt right. Wow. No. That's oh, what God. she said. Do you do you know off the top of your head, David, what the numbers around that is? Because I think I'd be more inclined to go four. Four is still in the plus. Like plus 500 was five. I want to say it was like plus 750 for six or plus 800 for six. So I'm going to guess it was like plus 250 for four sure. or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Well, well still, if you're value. plus money, I, I like that a lot, yeah, for, it, especially a sprinkle. I think three was like in the, you know, for sure negatives. Four was like just above zero because it's like exactly four. So yeah. it's in the plus. One of my favorite things, we'll talk into it in the spring. My favorite thing to do is exact series bets in hockey. I think it's the most addictive thing in the world because I'm sure it's similar in the NBA. I'm not an NBA guy like you guys are, but you know going into a series when it's four or five games that you just know a team is overmatched. And it's similar where because it's an exact number, you'll get like an obvious sweep for like plus four, plus 500, and it's just stealing money. But I got one more player prop, and I'll wrap us around to throw it back and get myself over with. The Octopus. Steven, this is new. I have not seen this on FanDuel before. You asked me earlier, and I had to do research early in the day when I first saw it. For you guys asking at home, yeah, I'm betting the octopus at plus 1,300. What's an octopus, we say? I'll tell you what it is. It is when you score a touchdown and the two-point conversion on the same drive. So you were responsible for all eight points. I don't know if that applies to quarterback passing touchdowns and completing a two-point conversion or not, but it doesn't matter because there's two guys in my head that make sense for this, and it's Travis Kelsey and Jalen Hurts. I already talked about Jalen Hurts being an anytime touchdown scorer, but again, from the two-yard line, you need a two-point conversion, roll them out, run or pass. It seems great, and Travis Kelsey, if he is able to score, everybody on earth, knows who's getting the ball in the two-point conversion, and Travis Kelsey's that guy. Last one, and I'll shut up forever. Philadelphia is not only going to win this game, guys. They're going to win by nine and a half or more points, and that is plus 260 as it sits right now. I was amazed because, if anything, I wanted to push it to like 12 and a half and get a little greedy, but why do that? You take 10 points, it's a two-possession game. And I again, I don't think it's going to be as competitive as people think. The book has it one and a half. I think the book's out of their mind. But that's it for me. What do you guys have? Thoughts, I comments, got, anything? Two. I got two more bets. Two more, and then I'm done. And, and yeah, two more, and then I'm done. One. Oh, we got so all I, night, baby. You give us as much so as you I want. So I took the over. I took the over, right? Like, that was that was my bet earlier. 
So if you pair that with Jalen Hurts and Travis Kelsey, anytime touchdown scores, plus 3,500. So if I'm confident on the over. Can you bet that on FanDuel? Will it let you pull I bet it on DraftKings, plus 3,500. Oh, okay. I, I just sprinkled it. Just five bucks plus 3,500. It's $180 payout. You know, that's if you're if you think the over is going to hit, the other two feel like pretty fairly likely occurrences. The other is just a lock, and it's Travis Kelsey anytime touchdown scorer. I I think that's the the only guarantee of this entire game. Actually, it's not the only other one. There's last one, very last one. I promise I'll shut up. Oh, after. give it to me. Josh Sweat over 0.75 sacks is plus one ten. That's free money for me. That's free money for me. But I, you're not worried about him lining up over Orlando Brown exclusively. That would be my only worry. I'm I'm not. Because is Mahomes really going to stay in the pocket the whole time? Is he going to is he going to move around like Mahomes does? How's the ankle feel? I don't know. All I'm saying is is like Hassan Reddick's the only one who, if you bet on the over in his sacks, it's like in the negatives. Uh, it's not. It's like favored, right? Over 0. 0.75 or whatever. He's almost guaranteed to get a sack. Josh Sweat feels like the next guy that's almost guaranteed to get a sack. So over the 0.75 feels like free money to me. Also, David, if you if you want to get crazy about that parlay you had, just do two of them, split it 250 or throw five on it and just do it with the over and the under because they're both the same odds. So I'm sure they're both at plus 3,500 and it's kind of like, you know, best of both worlds. They both score, you're going to fucking, as right. long as they both score, hard. you're going to win, right? So, um, okay, I got a couple more here for you guys. Will either team... Nope, already nailed that. Yeah, okay. Banger parlay. I love you. <laughs> Travis Kelsey, A.J. Brown, Kenneth Gainwell, and Kadarius Toney. Anytime touchdown score mixed with Kenneth Gainwell over 19 and a half rushing yards. That's going to bring it just under plus 1,500. Sorry, plus 15,000. It's going to bring you right under underneath that. Throw a fiver. I think I win. Let me check. Well, while you're checking that, can you read that back again so that people like myself that are morons that want to write this down like an old man? Let's run it back. So we have Travis Kelsey. Okay. We have A.J. Brown. These are touchdown scores. Yes. Okay. Kenneth Gainwell. Over 19. Kenneth Gainwell. And Kenneth Gainwell over 19 and a half rushing okay, yards. Okay, that's where I got hung up before. I got you. With Kadarius Tony as well as an anytime touchdown score. Now yeah. that, keep in mind for people at home, because Kadarius Tony, I believe, is probable at this point. He should play, but God forbid there's a holdout or there's something wrong with his ankle. Like, look out for that. Yeah, the only reason I really, and I went on Kadarius Tony is because I saw a I don't know why I'm blanking on it. I saw an update through Sleeper that said he is flying around. He's looking really okay. good. I go, oh. And I'm a sucker for, like, just seeing something. And I'm like, oh, that's going to stay in the back of my mind the whole weekend. <laughs> like, I do it all the time in fantasy. Too. Like, I'll randomly think of someone. I'm like, I should pick them up and start them. But I'm not because I'm a big pussy. And then they go off. Or it's even better go. when you have one Five. of those tight ends that you, you play – for 13 weeks of the year, and he puts up a total of like 25 points. But he had that one game of three touchdowns, so you keep Evan going Ingram. back to the well. I think of Larry Donnell. 
Do you guys remember Mercedes him? Lewis with the Mercedes Jaguars? Mercedes Lewis is a great one. Two touchdowns always... in four games a year, but he, you know, just zeroed you out every other game of the week. <laughs> Unless, it, yeah, he'd only score three touchdowns and they'd all be in the London game every single year. Um, by the way, that five to win 754 for that banger of a parlay I just gave. Last Wait, couple, five to win what? 754. Oh, Steven. Let's get it. So That's I'm basically riding, I'm riding every, I'm guessing everything right in the touchdown scoring department. Redemption, sprinkle of $5 at plus 2,200 of Kadarius Tony first touchdown score. Something in my blood. He's going to get it right for me this time. Gatorade bath. I still can't find this. It's pissing me off. If you guys hear it, hear this, get your number, get my number from Wally, text Wally. Let me know where I can find this. Cause it's pissing me off. And I don't want to go to my old bookie because I'm kind of down money. And then if I get down more than I have to pay, which is not as advantageous of putting money in and you know how much money you can spend on a sports book. You guys understand yellow Philly's color choice. When they won the NFC championship game, yellow is what they dumped on Sirianni. I'm going to go with orange to represent the Kansas city chiefs, mostly because of they're having maybe that train of thought of superstition. That was the Gatorade color that they had when they won their Super Bowl. Now, they didn't lose one. Maybe that was their mindset then, but maybe they're trying to run it back. Maybe their Gatorade was a different color, and that's why they lost. And they're like, we need to go back to, to orange, Big Red. This is not going to work. But fun little fact here. Didn't think you're going to have stats about this. There's three different colors of Gatorade on each sideline. It is completely randomized which color and which no way. The player the players pick. So that's why it's so difficult because it's not one solid color. There's multiple flavors on the sideline. So it's completely randomized by the players of which one they're going to pick. Where did you hear this? You're making me feel like my life's a lie. I bet way too large of a number a few years ago, if you remember on Kobe, like after his passing, that it was going to be purple Gatorade. I was so sure. And I lost more money than I'm proud to admit on Gatorade color. And it would have been nice to know this stupid fact beforehand. I was looking it up during my work day. I'm trying to look it up right now. It was, it was still, okay. That's what I thought it was. And, I, and I'm kind of ashamed to drop this. Uh, Yahoo sports was my, was my reference. Oh yeah. That's a little embarrassing. It's a good call. I mean, that's where you can hide very valuable information where nobody else would find it. Orange and yellow sprinkle on that for Gatorade just cause. I like it. Last one just for fun, and I'll shut up. Uh, like I know I said this about 15 times an episode, but this is number 15, so I'll be done after this. Scorigami, just for fun. Throw five bucks at it. It's plus 1,800, and you have something to root for if the game is really ugly late. It's one of the few things you can root for at that point. So Scorigami, throw five bananas at it, and you'll be happy if you get like a 41 to 12 game. That's probably not even Scorigami, but you get my point. Well, well, it's a, a score of is just a unique score in the Super Bowl that no one's ever seen. So this is the first time that score has happened. So it's it's hard. You'd have to really look at it because I can see this as a 28-24, 27-24 type game. Like and a boring like score. A, yeah. Yeah. Really boring. Uh, yeah. Or yeah. No, to you your point. I mean? yeah, just, oh, I've score. seen. Oh, we've seen this before. Oh, deja vu. One thing I one last one, too, that just kind of dawned on me since you brought the score of if you guys are also big into other sports, uh, more so than maybe football, but it just happens to be the Super Bowl weekend, there's other bets that you can pre-made parlays that they have 
where you can parlay the Super Bowl with another sporting event. For instance, I've been seeing a lot of the Philadelphia Eagles win the Super Bowl and either John Rahm or Colin Morikawa win um, win the Waste Management Open. Oh, or, I bet you that's know, crazy odds too. So, the, so they have a bunch of di- not as not as good as I thought it was. Not as much juice. I saw like a couple like plus seven hundred. I, wow. I was thinking like I was thinking like plus four digits at least. I thought so two thousand was my number. Yeah, exactly right. I was thinking kind of like around that twelve to twenty one, twenty two. Well, because uh, like the Eagles are technically favored. So even if you're not multiplying it by two, if you multiply it by one point seven five, you'd imagine like a Colin Morikawa to be like a plus six or plus seven hundred in like a tournament. And or like you, John, like that's John Rama is, is like one of the favorites. Like he's yeah. he's minus money in a top five. They're gonna you're gonna get plus money everywhere you go in the tournament right before it starts up until like the third round when it really starts becoming clear. You can see who's gonna win. So right, like betting that now, betting it before today would have been a little bit more advantageous for you yeah. just based off the leads, based off the leads, based off the the odds in the tournament not starting, but. Unless you pair that up with somebody that you think is going to make a run late, sprinkle on Keegan Bradley. Shout out to my boy Jared Wissinger with that. I think he's like a top five or something right now uh, to win the tournament. So why not throw it on there? That's all I got. I like it. Man, I cannot wait for this Super Bowl. What are you guys eating? What do you? What dish are you looking most forward to? Oh God. Well, it seems like you're going to have kind of some sort of smorgasbord of yingling and food there. So what are you working with? Well, if you guys have seen me before, you can just figure there's going to be a lot of options. So, it more or less, if it's unhealthy, it'll probably be there. Fried. Like, we're talking about no bright colors. We're talking about brown across the board is basically what we're looking at food-wise. It's coming in the same way it's going out. But yingling, we're talking, you know, it, it, it's it's going to be ugly. More or less, a lot of beer, a lot of food. I hope you guys have similar things. What are you guys doing? I'm probably doing pizza on wings. Uh, Where from? Where from? Uh, I don't know. Probably Romeo's or Altieri's. I, I'm. Romeo's I'm is solid. Yet, but I, I, there aren't phenomenal wing places around here, but they're good, and it's probably gonna end up being something of Romeo's that delivers because I'm lazy and you know whatever. Did you have Teresa's around you by chance? I don't think so, but I don't know. Damn, it's one of my favorite pizzas of all time. For me, I'm just I'm I'm I have wings. I'm whipping up my own wings, the Steve Weed wings. Have you had the pleasure of having them before? Not that you've made. I, I feel like every time we talk about it, and I just we haven't been together for an NFL Sunday. That's not happened yet, which no, is crazy. Which is, Three years which in, is blasphemy at this point. I know, and I, I wish I wasn't you know heading on vacation here on Monday because I would be more than happy to do it here. Take that following Monday off. Get absolutely shit house with you. No, this is good. This is good. David, for the record, you guys at home, he had the run, so he's not here right now. He will be. It'll be just a me and Steven, or me and Steven, a me and David episode on Monday. Steven, like he said, he's going to be in Aruba next week, so we won't see him, which we hate you. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, but otherwise, I can't wait. Can't wait. But we will promise we'll, we'll get that game next year and who knows maybe we can do something fun loss of down got, related hey we got that packers packers in vegas oh. and if aaron Rodgers is the quarterback i'm not fucking going to <laughs> that's gonna be an awesome environment if it's fucking aaron Rodgers. i would i, w- I would go it would just be you'd like, just be sad which is fine oh, yeah 
They beat, I, the, they beat the brakes off us. You know me. I'm one of the rare, probably Raider fans out there too right now that I don't want Aaron Rodgers. And it's not a, I don't like Aaron Rodgers. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is good. It just doesn't make sense for Aaron Rodgers. It doesn't make back sense to for what the Raiders. Doing. Yeah, so I would rather suck next year and have Jarrett Stidham go out there and play. Get a, an actual decent draft class for once in your life. And then go and get a Caleb Williams. Go and get a Drake May. Go get one of these stud quarterbacks next year. Because I don't know. I, I'm i just Especially not in love with this have, class. If you have Devontae, your team's going to end up being bad. Devontae's going to want out. You can trade him. Say you say you end up with another top seven or you get a top seven pick. Trade Devontae to, to a team and all of a sudden you got two 15s or two top 12s. Whatever it may be. So you have that ability. Maybe his depending on his season, hopefully he doesn't get injured. Maybe his value's gonna go down based off his age. Maybe kind of an earlier second round pick, but You're I just think that you guys should be able to get loaded. Good. Fucking Thanks. good. That's gonna bring us to an end of another episode of Lost It Down, the Super Bowl edition. Make sure to check us out on all of our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Lost It Down, Twitter down underscore lost. Shout out to our sponsors, Tab Ease, as well as abbyturnerphoto.com. I hate Trent Dover. No, that's a, a very fair thought, too, to have. Um, the other thing I'd say is just fly, Eagles, fly. Zach Youssef, Jack Hoopla, closet Eagles fan, like the way I'm a closet Bengals fan. Good luck to you guys. I hope you guys have a great time. I hope you guys win. And then otherwise, Steven, this will be my last thing for you, just on a random topic. I know I mentioned it in passing earlier. East Palestine is like 15 minutes from where I grew up. Like legitimately 15 minutes from where I grew up. I drive through the town all the time. Like it's crazy. Sorry. And it's down the road from our your parents. It's down the road from me. It's less than an hour away. I'm probably drinking hazardous weights right now. No wonder I like Philadelphia. Keep slugging back those beers, baby. This is Hales for Rob McElhaney. This is for Rob. All right. You take care. Tell the lovely lady to have fun in Aruba too. And I will see you in a week. Can't wait to get Hopefully, hopefully I don't die there, but we'll see. Well, if you do, I mean, it was fun. It was a hell of a ride. <laughs> you can have my Eckler jersey. Oh, sweet. That's awesome. Thanks, man. It's still, it's still recording, too, so you're good to go. No, cool. I'll get your Aaron Rodgers one instead. Do you want that? I'll give you... Well, I, I got think he's going to be a Raider one. next year, so... Fuck. I hate my life. <laughs> All right. I love you, buddy. Well, either team convert a fourth down. Like, are you are you kidding me? Like, Wait, absolutely. That was an offer. There's one that's will either team convert a fourth down. Yes, is at plus one twenty. There's one that will either team score what? a touchdown on fourth down. What plus one twenty, dude? That's like free money. I'm I'm putting it on right now. I, that's that's the reaction. Even I if it's minus one fifty, it's yeah. free money. You print it. <laughs> Well, that's why I was nervous. That's why I'm like, oh, there's Wally's reaction. I needed it. Because I'm like, okay, I'm not dumb for wanting to blow my load on this, right? So well, one I of those. This is there's great. always those lines. Yeah, well, I'm glad that you said this because I doubt we'll bring it up on the show because if we're breaking into quarterback sneak, like formations, it's probably time to, to wrap up the game. But they have quarterback sneak 33 times this year the Eagles have and only have had one fail. And the Chiefs on the other side, 16 or 17 times against and have allowed 16 of the 17. So given what the Eagles do with that goofy rugby formation, 
I mean, if it's fourth and two, there's a chance they freaking get it. That's a home run there.